0: If you were stranded on a deserted island and you had 10 songs that you would listen to, what would you pick? These songs are our personal choices to what would keep our sanity while stuck on an island. In this episode, we'll examine what songs we would want as our Wilson Beach Ball to be our friend while we're castaways. You're listening to the Boulder Music Podcast. We hope that this is the only podcast you'll need on a deserted island. Right? 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 My name is Scott. I am the host of the Boulder Music Podcast, and for the first time ever, I'm being joined by a co-host. Introduce yourself, please.
1: Hi, I'm Kay. I'm Scott's sister-in-law.
0: <laughs> it's just, it's so, like, I, that's the one thing I was thinking about. Like, are, are 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 you my sister-in-law because you're my wife's sister-in-law?
1: Well, I think that I think that's how it works. Does I think it, so. Doesn't that doesn't that go with like in-law in-law like? Whoever she marries becomes also part of my in-law entourage collective i,
0: I think so because i was okay. like my sister-in-law in-laws because my wife is siblings with your husband so
1: no i think it counts if i didn't like you i would refer to you as my sister-in-law's husband
0: yeah <laughs> my
1: sister-in-law's shitty husband or
0: whatever you know yeah so, so we're both music lovers, and something that happened in 2020 because of the shitty pandemic that happened, um, we started, like, talking about music, and we started doing these song recommendations, like, just kind of like, you know, like, what you want to listen to new music kind of a thing. So we kind of traded back music.
1: Right. That was... It, it's so hard to get anybody to listen to a playlist anymore. It's not like... Okay, when you were making mixtapes, okay, I don't know if you mixtapes, but... Uh, mixed CDs or whatever. is that, back,
0: back in my day.
1: <laughs> back in my day, this was all orange gross. No, the point is that you used to be able to make a tape and people would accept it and they listened to it because you only had, you know, you were strapped for cash, you were in school still, you know, you were in high school or grade school or whatever. So, these are your choices. That's how you get exposed to new music. But now with streaming, all they have to do is just hop on a streaming service and listen to Virtually anything, yeah. And it's so hard to get people to like just listen to this song. Not so many people are as amenable to it anymore, in my experience.
0: Have you have you ever made a mixtape for somebody?
1: Oh my god, yes! Like hundreds. Okay, we're not hundreds, but a (laughs) lot, a lot, a lot, a
0: lot. lot. Because because back in back in my day, um, it was burnt CDs. I don't think I I don't think I've ever made a burnt CD for anybody.
1: I've made Burt CDs for people. Yeah. Uh, Bonnie is the uh, my best friend is is the uh, one who has received the most of them, and she is also the most amenable to it. So it works out. She only had a CD players, She didn't have like Spotify in the car. Now I would just make her a mix a, a mix on the on Spotify and and be like, here's a playlist. Go along. Mm-hmm. Go forth.
0: So this episode is kind of a way to give us, like, since this is a a new podcast, like the podcast used to be called "Interpreting My Playlist," which actually you were one of the one of the regular listeners.
1: I was, I was.
0: Now this new venture, it's kind of like I never really introduced myself, but now I also have to introduce like you because you'll be appearing on some of these episodes. Um, Just kind of a way for the listeners to kind of understand like who we are, like not only this list of music that we have on a deserted island but like what kind of what kind of music did you like listen to like growing up and like you don't have to go through them like particular but like what kind of genres like
1: well up until a certain point i listened to just oldies because my parents listened to and like old country because that's what my mom listened to and then when you say uh, old
0: country like
1: like uh patsy klein loretta lynn uh um, don williams i think is one of them and there's hank williams senior and stuff like that like my grandma liked them my mom liked liked them and so a lot of that
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um then around late 80s you know started listening to like b96 was a local station here and uh they used to play like paul abdul and jody wally and like pop r&b kind of stuff from around that time and then um Mm. Then there was the the year of listening to metal, and then it went grunge, and haven't really looked back. It's yeah. all like alternative and industrial and so forth, and so a, yeah, a lot of genres. I think. my
0: mine's a little bit more wackier. Like yours sounds like a normal person. Mine is like a little more wacky because like like growing up, like there was like country music, not old country, but like Alan Jackson. I mean, listen to that too, like that yeah. and um,
1: Garth Brooks, and uh, well, not Shania Twain, that was that was too recent, but Pam Tillis, uh, mm-hmm. Lori Morgan, you know, like eighties country. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We listened to Alan Jackson, and just like after going down the yonder on a Chattahoochee so many times, we're just like, I hate country so much. <laughs> And so then like when I kind of came into like my own like so I'm going to be brutally honest about my music history because it's not like what you'd say is proud because like my first concert was the Backstreet Boys and I didn't go because of like my mom or sister it's like I was a fan of the Backstreet Boys when I was a kid and i i kind of tease my wife because like she's she loves the backstreet boys and she never got to see the backstreet boys but i'm like i got to see them in their prime you know and like and she's like shut up and i'm like i, I don't know it, it's just the thing is is that like i you know like if you think oh boy bands are for girls like i just i, I never looked I, like i didn't have these notions of like what's girly and what's, you know, what's supposed to boys do when I was a kid. So it's just like, I listened to what I like, you know? And so that was like elementary school. And then like, I did have a juggalo phase. I liked, you know, ICP music. So again, like, that's another thing that people like, there are people that are like, whoop, whoop, I'm proud. But like looking back on it, I'm like, man, that's, that's really weird. You know, like that kind of phase I went through and then that died out and I went through a weird Al Yankovic phase for like a couple of years where I just listened to, you know, his parody music. I saw him live and then I went through a local music phase where literally like the only concerts and music I like indulged in was local music. So again, like you kind of have like this normal path. Mine's like, what the fuck is his problem? You know,
1: i say Millie, really most of the local music I didn't i didn't really listen to or experience much until i was 19 and my best friend used to date a lot of musicians you get tra- you get dragged to shows a lot yeah. and you know sometimes you work on their websites you know that kind of thing
0: yeah so with that being said let's go through the 10 songs that we would have on a deserted island let's hear your first pick
1: okay well as i mentioned earlier i went in chronological order So the first one is from 1962, and it is The One Who Really Loves You by Mary Wells. My parents tell me that this was like my favorite song when I was a little kid, and uh, it's still still good. It still holds up. I still listen to it. I don't remember them. I don't remember thinking that, but I still love it, so a lot of fond memories attached to it.
0: I think as a kid, I think we all have those songs that are just, like, mind-blowingly good and, like... Yeah, I don't know, just those, it's more just, I don't want to say it's nostalgia, but just more of, like, memory-based songs.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it takes you back to a, a simpler time when you didn't have so much to worry about. I mean, apparently this was my favorite song when I was, like, two or three, hmm. so, I mean, again, I don't remember that part of being two or three, but I, I believe it, it's still good, it it. Yeah, still has a place in my heart. So now the sad bit is of you know thinking about all these nostalgic songs and and any anything sad like that, and you're going to be upset because you're going to be stuck on a deserted island and these are going to remind you of like your family that is not there anymore. But I wasn't thinking that when I made my list.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, that's good. I was just uh, like, well, what
1: do I want to listen to for the end of, for the rest of my life if I if I can only narrow it down to ten or until help arrives. <laughs> and one of the packages was a phone, you know. Yeah. Spoilers,
0: guys. (laughs) All right. My first pick is from uh, the movie, 1996 movie Space Jam soundtrack. It is the "Hit 'Em High" soundtrack. And I know you. I know you've never seen Space Jam, right? I
1: have not seen Space Jam. I remember the hype when it was out, but uh, you said it was '96. Um, I was in a a different space in '96, and it was not about watching. Uh, Looney Tunes and, and Michael Jordan movies.
0: Yeah, I, I, was, I was I was the prime age for that. I was uh, probably six or seven or something. I I, re- I remember having um, the Toon Squad basketball jersey. That was the team that Michael Jordan was on. Obviously, Toon, Looney Tune. So as a kid, I just just super loved that movie. And you know, it's I still have the CD. Like somehow. Through all these, like the places that we lived over the years, and me moving out and CDs becoming you know obsolete, it I still have it, you know. And like, I popped it in recently, and I like it was just it was the hit 'em high, you know. It's the hit 'em high is the Monstars, which is the, the bad guy team, it's their anthem, and um. I love that song and like when I put it on like it hit the feels you know and like even my wife she's like I can kind of tell it's like doing something to you and it's like I don't get it like it's not an emotional song but it's just it's just there's something that like takes you back in that moment of time where you're just like ah you know
1: yeah I I, I have that with some songs uh obviously not Space Jam song I don't think I've ever actually (laughs) heard this song because if if you were six or seven, it means I was like sixteen or seventeen, and uh, so it was a lot of, a lot of alternative and a, a lot of Bob Dylan, surprisingly.
0: Yeah, um, and what sucks is that it's not on Spotify, for some There's like a couple songs from the Space Jam soundtrack that are on Spotify, but this one is not. So. If you ever want to hear it, it's on YouTube. Um, It's a a hardcore rap song for a Looney Tunes movie. (laughs) But what's interesting is that a lot of, like, the only thing you really hear in the movie is the chorus. That's really it, you know? So, like, you don't hear, like, fucking, you know, Coolio and, you know, LL Cool J, like, throwing it down kind of a thing in the movie, so
1: did they play it in any of the commercials or any of the trailers or something? I would have actually but, seen that, probably.
0: That's a good question. I don't... I, and, like, I don't... And the other thing, the other weird thing about the memory of Space Jam is, like, I remember seeing it as a kid. I remember having the jersey. But I don't remember being in the theater. I don't even remember, like, seeing, like, the, the fucking... Um, the trailers and being like, we gotta go, Mom! Like, let's go! <laughs> like, I don't, like, remember that stuff. So, like, it, it it's... It's it's a weird memory to have where you rem- you remember certain parts but you don't remember like 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 for me if this was like Star Wars you know how like I remember being a kid in the movie theater like I'd be like I saw the movie but I don't remember being a kid in the movie theater.
1: I so I remember I don't remember seeing Star Wars I remember seeing Return of the Jedi I don't remember seeing Star Wars I remember seeing Return of the Jedi with my yeah. dad we went because I was like I think I saw that second instead of instead of Empire Strikes Back I saw them out of order. Which is a travesty, I understand, but...
0: I, I I did the machete order, too, so, you know, you're not the only one.
1: So this was just close to... It was playing at the theater, like, around the corner from my house, and, and I was like, does Luke wear white in this one? Because I thought Luke was, like, the bomb. And <laughs> uh, he's like, no, I think he wears black. And I'm like, wow, outfit change. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sp- It's wow. dumb. Uh,
0: other colors.
1: Well, it came out in 83, so I was like... So, it impressed the shit out of five-year-old me. <laughs> I was like, wow, people change clothes in movies? How weird, because on gar- cartoons and TV shows, they rarely do. It's always the same theme for mm-hmm. thematic epi- uh, ensembles. So
0: I think, uh, but not, like, you don't rem- like, again, like, both our first picks have similarities in, like... Like I guess I remember like liking the movie and like liking that song, but you don't. Yours is kind of childhood, but you don't remember the song really.
1: I remember the song, and because my parents told me this, like, probably when I was like twelve, maybe they reminded me that hey, you used to love this song. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I do remember the song. I just don't remember saying ever declaring it as like oh my god, this is my favorite thing, or putting it on all the time or something, requesting them to put it on all the time because I'd be like two. Shouldn't let me know the records.
0: All right. So what's your second pick?
1: Uh, my second pick is very similar to my first pick. It is My World by The Rascals. And it reminds me of... Uh, on Sundays, and my happiest childhood memories are aside from going to buy more records and purchase more records because we used to go to Rose Records when I was a kid. But we would sit around all day in the house eating breakfast, and listening to 40, my dad's 45s collection.
0: You'd eat breakfast all day? or you
1: No, know, just, you know, you eat breakfast and you hang out and just chill. Oh, and okay. <laughs> you'd start out with a breakfast and then you'd just go and be like, we're going to listen to records now. And that's just what we did all day okay. long. So the uh, immense enjoyment of music is I got from my dad, my mom, she's uh, kind of hit or miss on it. But so the, the, the collecting of the albums and the, you have to get them all and, and so forth. He used to have a very, very, very extensive record collection, and then, you know, he lost a bunch of it, and then we lost more in the move and all that kind of stuff. But
0: It's, it's almost like uh, how, like, the, the family gathers around the TV for, like, watching TV, you know, but it's like you can gather around the record player and just, like, sit and listen to something, you know?
1: It sounds so old-timey, and we did have cable at the time, but on Sunday mornings, Sunday afternoons... Beginning of Sunday evening, sit around, listen, go through the stacks of 45s. Listen, to my dad told me stories about how this song came out when blah, blah, blah. And yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: like, well, you could say it sounds like old timey, but it's for me, like, it's timeless because, you know, like, me and my wife, we would sit and listen to, um, like, we'd put, like, low music on and, like, sit and kind of just chill out, you know, like, I, I introduced her to lo fi and chill music. And we would put it on, and we had, like, Christmas lights in our old uh, living room, and, like, we'd turn the lights off, and it was at night, obviously, because if it's during the daytime, those Christmas lights aren't as cool. We'd sit there and just listen to music on low, and so it's like, you know, I think it's something timeless where, like, if, if you have that music bug, because not everybody has those music bugs that, like, you can sit around... I, don't, I mean, like, again, like a record player or nowadays, like a smart speaker or, you know, just gather around this sound device and listen to music together.
1: Yeah, my husband and I usually put it through the television and he puts on a playlist or I put on a playlist I and mean, we'd talk about music and and what do you think this song's about. Which is why I found your interpreting my playlist thing so interesting because I usually can't tell you what a song is about. I have no real idea. I have to really stop there and (laughs) and think about it. My next pick, I have no idea what it's about. Not it. I have a couple theories. (laughs) But no real idea. And I don't think really anybody knows. So I don't feel so bad.
0: Well, I I don't even know if my interpreting the playlist stuff is um, even right. Uh, but hey you know teach their own if you guys go listen to last week's episode of the boulder music podcast i did a reinterpreting of a duet for Lou harris uh, and the griefs angel by Ra Ra. so if, if you guys are somehow listening to this and not listening to that episode you should probably go listen to it
1: it does a pretty good song
0: yes so my second pick kind of changes gears a little bit here. Um it's it's a song but it's not really a song you would be like, oh, you know, like it's not like stairway to heaven kind of a thing, but it's the theme song to Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. It is good. It is. So a little backstory on me, obviously I'm a big Star Wars fan. Um so big that I had a buddy who dressed up as a Mandalorian. And this was way back and like I first was introduced to it in like 2007, 2008, and nobody knew what a Mandalorian was, you know. But if you read the books and you you know read the what was expo- called the expanded universe back then, because I mean the books are still around, but they don't consider it canon. There is Mandalorians in there based off of Boba Fett, Jango Fett, you know, kind of a thing, and. So I read Star Wars Republic Commando, which uh, was a book series by Karen Travis. Uh, it talked about the, like, clone troopers, but more like the the special ops, the commandos. But they were trained by Mandalorian mercenaries. And I really loved those books. And my buddy was like, you should make a costume, a Mandalorian costume. And so in 2009, which literally, like, what's interesting is that what I noticed is that I my first event when i wore my costume was in sometime in november 2009 and in the same week 10 years later the mandalorian came out somewhere in the beginning of november so it's kind of weird how like it was like kind of like this 10 year journey almost where it's like everybody's like oh hey you're you're boba fett because you know i have a green mandalorian outfit and boba fett's is kind of a green and it's like, no, I'm a Mandalorian and nobody understood what it was. So it's like it's cool, like seeing like the Today Show and, you know, Good Morning America, like, you know, the Mandalorian's coming out. And it's like it's a word now.
1: It's something that means something to people. That's not just Boba Fett. I have had people ask me like, oh, he he cosplays as, as Boba Fett. Right. And I'm like, no, a Mandalorian, like a, a mercenary. Like that's it's, it's not they're not all the same. Yeah. Boba Fett the a Mandalorian, but Mandalorians are not Boba Fett.
0: The guy who created the club, Mandalorian Mercs, which I was a part of, not really now anymore, but he would explain to people, we're like the Klingons of the Star Wars galaxy. Like, we're, we're like, you know, mercenaries and warriors and we're similar to that race kind of a thing because I think you have the main Klingons, but you have more of a Klingon race kind of a thing. And he was kind of like comparing it, but now it's like, that comparison's gone. Thanks, Disney+. Plus.
1: Yeah, the books that I read that were Star Wars, I'm pretty sure are not even canon. It was like Tales from Jabba's Palace, which had like a little mini background on Boba Fett, but in it, this was all pre-clone uh, wars clone any of attack of the clones pre any of that so they, oh, before he,
0: like uh like the phantom menace yeah it was that. before
1: it was before the the prequels and so they had boba fett being like a red-haired virgin or something <laughs> i was confused but then the other i'm like he seems so he's he's a bounty hunter i, I can't believe he couldn't manage you know
0: to yeah but yeah, the, the majority of the books are now thrown out. It's any of the books that were published um, after Disney bought Lucasfilms. So anything from way back in the day has been kind of tossed to the side. But a lot of it's still based off of it because a lot of the stuff in the show Mandalorian is based off of the lore from the old EU.
1: All I know is that the House of Red, Tales from the Cantina, and one of my favorite like non-character characters is Cabe, the little batgirl that the alcoholic Batgirl uh, in the cantina. And there was a story with her and Muftak and how mm. they're friends. And it, it was my favorite story in those yeah. books. And now, it, the, apparently, it means nothing.
0: So to get back on the... the since this is a music podcast and not a, a Star Wars podcast, which we should have a Star Wars podcast. But uh, it's just the theme is so beautiful. It just... When you hear it, it's like... it's It's just... The show and and the theme, it's just a mix of, like, like I'm watching, like, fucking... It's like Firefly, which is also a sci-fi show. Or it's like watching Bonanza in Space or some shit, you know? Like, it's so well done.
1: It's just a good theme. Is this the same one that makes your dog start freaking out?
0: Yes. Uh, my wife picked the Mandalorian theme song as my ringtone, like, my personal ringtone. So... When he hears that note, like that, like the screeching noise, mm-hmm. I don't want to try to try to mimic it with my mouth. But when that noise hits, when we're watching the Mandalorian, he like perks his head up, and it's like weird that my dog knows music.
1: Well, I mean, they are very sound-oriented yeah. pets, so that, that's not too surprising, but. It is funny that he's such a fan.
0: Fun fact, the guy that did the Mandalorian soundtrack is the guy that did the community soundtrack. Huh.
1: I yeah. did not know that.
0: Yeah, I know you're a big, well, we're both big community fans, the NBC show.
1: It is a really, really good show. <laughs> All
0: right, so what's your next pick?
1: My next pick is Warlock by Skinny Puppy. Uh, Skinny Puppy is one of my favorite bands. This song actually came out in 89, but uh, in 89, I was 11. And I was listening to Nuka's on the block, so this was song was not even on my radar. And uh, this is actually a Skinny Puppy song that I did not hear from a friend or from my husband, who, as you also know, is a huge Skinny Puppy fan.
0: So you were—he—he's the one that got you into Skinny Puppy, right?
1: No, uh, friends I had in high school.
0: Were, okay. They put. So you got uh, him into Skinny Puppy, or were you? No, both... no, no.
1: We just that was one of the things that we bonded over. But no, like the I had friends and they put on a mixtape a couple Skinny Puppy songs and I'm like, oh shit, this is good. Oh no. And then I met him and we bonded over our uh, fondness for the band. And but this song he didn't even it wasn't one of those that was really on his radar. He didn't really listen to it. But Mm -hmm. uh, back at at the time, early 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 2000s, I was watching a lot of uh, anime. And they used to do these things called anime music videos, and somebody put this song to an anime that I had, I had seen recently that, that for that time, uh, called Jinro the Wolf Brigade, and I was like, God damn it, this is really good, <laughs> <laughs> and it just became my favorite. And when I saw them four years ago, they, they played it, even though the song is an old, 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 old ass song, but they played it at their concert. Bless them.
0: I've listened to some skinny puppy with you guys because so right now well we don't live in the same state and uh uh we on we do game nights over skype and just you know over the the beautiful thing of technology and spotify has this thing where you can do a shared like playlist and a shared queue where you all listen at the same time so like that's like my first ever like exposure there it is i don't know why i couldn't think of the word exposure but my first exposure to skinny puppy
1: and you're probably like what is this trash (laughs) i i did put it before we did those though i did put i'm sure i put warlock on uh your playlist that i made
0: yeah the song recommendation i think you did do like a big industrial um like I did. It's, it's one
1: of the genres I really, really like.
0: And I was like, no. <laughs>
1: I don't know why though. Uh,
0: and kind of a, another cheap plug for the podcast here, but like, um, I'm gonna be like immersing myself into genres that I don't really know. And I was like, hey, Kay, like, help me like try to figure out industrial music. And you do have. I still, I have still need to listen. To it. I listened to it like once to try to listen to this industrial music but it's not really is it and you said it wasn't technically industrial it's it's industrial electro.
1: it's industrial but it industrial didn't uh, we were under the impression that industrial was short for industrial metal and there is industrial metal but the stuff almost everything I sent you was electro industrial so I went with like older stuff from like uh, wax tracks records early days kind of thing okay which is why like there' was like sister machine gun on there which doesn't sound industrial but it technically counts
0: that's a little plug i'm going to talk about i guess i can call it industrial music i don't know i still it's need an, to figure out an, that. it's
1: up. industrial
0: okay, okay. and
1: it, it is industrial it's just it's a specific subset of industrial which is electro-industrial now generally mm-hmm. i don't care about the labels of music you know if it's good it's good whatever but if you wanted to get technical and like do a deep dive and you know have this part of your explanation like this is what this is this is what kind it is then that's why i told you that it was electro-industrial i won't hold it against it or
0: anything (laughs) all right so my my next pick we're uh, you just did three right i'm on three as well okay number three me called photoshop your memories by rhett and link i did send you this as a song recommendation
1: you did i i I remember i liked it
0: you you felt that you said you felt uh not threatened what's the word like called out called out there it is (laughs) (laughs) i Uh, feel
1: i felt seen
0: (laughs) yeah so before i had like i went through a phase where i had spotify and then i lost access to spotify so my phone provider has this um streaming uh Service called Title, which is only owned, like, owned by like Jay Z or something, and apparently of 2020 that was my top song on the Title uh, streaming service. Is Photoshop Your Memory? So Rhett and Link, they're YouTubers, and that's that's their full time job. They're kind of, they kind of started way back when YouTube was just this little thing. Uh, they would do these weird things. They would eat weird things on the show Good Mythical Morning and stuff like that. And I remember watching them way back in like 2014 you know, and so then I kind of, like, stopped watching them, and then me and my wife started watching them, and, uh, I came across their music, because, like, back, you know, they used to do more music, kind of, like, not parody music. like, they didn't rip off, I don't want to say rip off, but they didn't borrow, like, they didn't do, like, the Weird Al Yankovic thing, but they did comedy songs, so, like, Photoshop Your Memories, it was, like, making yourself seem better in your pictures than what you are, or like, they talk about like if you have somebody at your birthday party that you didn't want to be there and sh- the person's in all the pictures just cropped the person out kind of a thing. And I discovered this in tw- at the beginning of last year and I was just starting a new job and I was like, you know, it's kind of that tumultuous time when you first start a new job and you're like, ah, I need kind of comfort. And Like this song gave me comfort. and I just think these dudes are really talented and really nice dudes. Um, so that's kind of the reason why I like that song so well
1: it is a good song I just I, just, I felt seen <laughs>
0: yeah that
1: there I felt called out
0: I do have a framed poster of Rhett and Link I bought it at a thrift store you were actually there for that too I
1: was there for that because you were like I found this and why is this here I don't understand but now I have to buy it
0: I, was like, I feel bad because I'm like oh I should go buy these posters from them and have the money go towards them but I was like it's already framed and it's it's right here you know so I didn't want it to be left at a thrift store it needed a home
1: I know it, it was meant to be but no this was before I had any idea who they were you and we hadn't we hadn't done the music bonding thing so. yeah so I was like oh I don't know who these people are
0: <laughs>
1: I still probably couldn't pick them out of a lineup I don't remember what, what they look like or anything but probably not I know the song and that's what's that's what's important
0: all right. So what's your next pick?
1: Uh, number four is Soma by The Smashing Pumpkins. This came out in 93 and 93 was like my heyday. You know, that, <laughs> the, that, that the moment. The
0: greatest year of your life.
1: It was pretty good. It's one of those cases where, you know, when you're a teenager, you have your, your hormones just going crazy and everything means something. Everything is every song is 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 directed to you and it has some way to apply to your life and everything everything is filled with so much meaning and you uh, you will never love a song the same way you did when you were like 15. it's just it's a a fact you'll never feel that same rush i guess from music maybe that's just my experience but
0: i i used to i I, kind of get it Like, like, like
1: i used to feel it a lot more with a lot more songs when i was like 13 through 16 before before time just jaded me you know mm-hmm. that was it's probably my favorite smashing pumpkin song uh i went and saw them in concert and i got sick at their show and that's that was that's the main thing but it's one of, it i don't know if i would say it i would equate it to like stairway to heaven but in the same way it has that slow build and then it starts like rocking out it's similar in that regard it starts out very slow and then a the three and a half minute mark it just boom kicks in boom. Yeah. and it's and i remember that that was that moment there was was everything when i was a teenager it was all all the senses flooded this was so great this moment when that song picks up
0: I just want to point out your cat is nicer than mine because m- mine is meowing in the background. So I don't know if anybody can hear that, but
1: I can't hear it. Mine is still okay. mine is still asleep under the
0: now she now she's right next to me
1: under the chair thing. So now see? I hear her.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm being a podcast. I uh I, I have never really gotten into the Smashing Pumpkins. I have like one favorite song by them, and, and you know what that is? It's, yes. Uh, bullet with butterfly wings wings, yeah i mean i the only really cool thing i know about billy corgan is that he's the owner of the national wrestling alliance
1: well this is from siamese dream and siamese dream is an amazing album again maybe maybe that's just you know 15 year old me talking but it was it was it was so good so good the other one is from uh melancholy in the infinite sadness and it was a little later so it was as i was you know exploring other music and and so forth i didn't i didn't buy it immediately mm-hmm. this is one that i i had already bought gish which was their first one and then I, I this came out and i was like holy shit this is this is everything this is the answer to everything was the this album everything yes so very emblematic of my my teenagers
0: all right my my number four pick is spirit of the radio by rush there's a lot of good rush songs like a lot of people would probably be like fucking tom sawyer man you know like that moment family guy where chester the cheetah is like snorting up cheetos and he's like oh neil Bird is the greatest drummer ever he is he was the greatest drummer unfortunately he has passed spirit of the radio holds a a more sacred spot spot in my heart because um i graduated with a degree in radio broadcasting and when i was When I decided to be in radio broadcasting, I somehow stumbled across the song Spirit of the Radio, and just I remember first hearing it like, yes. Yeah, it's just song. I don't
1: know that many Rush songs. I know Tom Sawyer and I know Limelight. And I've probably heard Spirit of the Radio, but I couldn't pick it out of the lineup. So apparently I'm very much lacking in that department.
0: Yeah, the first line, begin the day with a friendly voice. I remember just hearing that first line and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that's, that's what I want. I want to be that friendly voice in the morning, but hopefully I'm just a friendly voice whenever... Somebody listens to this right now, hopefully. I mean, like, I'm not like super into Rush. Like, I mean, like, I love everything from their moving picture pictures album, you know, Limelight, uh, Red Barchetta's fucking great, um, Tom Sawyer's great, Beard of the Radio's good. There's one song, what's this, Intranas? I don't know, just be- between us. I think it's time for us to recognize the spaces in between us. That's a good one. Subdivisions is a good song.
1: See lyrically it seems like I would like it, but I just I just have not listened to that much Rush. I didn't we didn't grow up I didn't grow up listening to Rush in my house. So like most everything is before like seventy four.
0: Yeah, and like what's interesting is that like Getty Lee's voice, the lead singer, like it's a voice that like on paper you'd be like, This is not a good singer. But for me, I like it. Like, he just has this unique voice where it's like, fuck it, I like it. Because it's it's not the same vocals as you would hear anywhere else, you know? He it it does
1: have a pretty unique voice.
0: Yeah, he's kind of like the the next generation after, uh, like, Frankie Valli. I can or, see he, that. They're kind of cut from the same cloth kind of a thing. That they both have these weird voices on paper. It wouldn't work. But, like, there's some great voices, you know?
1: So a lot of, a lot of what really helped with uh, Frankie Valli was the harmonizing. So, in my estimation. Not to yeah. say that Frankie Valli doesn't have a good voice, because I do I do enjoy his songs, but I'll, some of my favorites have a lot of harmonizing between all of them. So,
0: All right, what do you got for your next pick?
1: All right, number five. It's a little bit dorky. I'm just going just gonna to lay that out. It is Theme of Laura by Akira Yamaoka from the Silent Hill 2 soundtrack.
0: Okay, I was like, man, <laughs> she's, she's in fucking left field right now.
1: <laughs> no, uh, well, it's Silent Hill 2, which is in my definitely in my top five favorite video games of all time not even so much for the annoying gameplay because some of the gameplay was annoying because it's that fixed camera thing Mm -hmm. but came out in 2001 and we saw the trailers for it and they play this song in the trailer and i was I, i had played the first silent hill game and i loved it but this trailer like blew me away i loved it so much and i recorded it from the trailer until i could get until they released the, the soundtrack which I then immediately bought but uh I I loved the song so much and if I was a more together person and had like done more for my wedding and had a DJ I would have totally walked down the aisle to this song it doesn't really fit but I would have done it because I Cause love isn't, it isn't
0: Silent Hill like scary I have never played Silent Hill so. it is
1: scary the Silent Hill 2 uh, plays a lot with psychological horror Like Mm -hmm. what you consider to be like your personal hell kind of thing. The song itself is not scary at all. I'll have to, I'll have to send you a playlist with it on there, but it's not scary. It has a lot of, um, there's violins in there, which is usually like the way to steal my heart in a song is put a violin or a cello in it. Um, but it's, it's just, it's just really good. And it's it's something I would want to listen to for the rest of my life.
0: So, where, where, where did you grow up on video games? Like, I know your husband's a big video game guy. Was that something that you like? You were already a video game fan before?
1: Yeah, we had um, we had a Commodore, like a computer that we played a lot. Of, I played a lot of computer games on, and I had the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo and the PlayStation and the PlayStation. Well, that by that point, I think by the time we got together, PlayStation Two was out. No, I've I've, I've been a I don't, I don't really want to call myself a gamer because that, uh, that leads to a lot of people being like, are you a real gamer? And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) stuff it people. I don't care what you think, but I also don't want to answer any
0: questions about it.
1: Um, but no, I, I, I've played video games. Okay. Pretty I, much I, all my life.
0: So. I knew your husband was a big video gamer. So, like, I because, like, f- for me, like, I, I know I watched some Disney movies growing up, but my wife's a huge Disney fan. So, like, I didn't know if that was kind of like the, the, you know, your, your significant other kind of influences slowly morph into one person. So, I didn't know if that was a gradual, like,
1: no, it was just thing. another thing that we bonded over of playing, like, uh, Secret of Mana. There was a, there was a lot of overlap. We used to play Diablo that was a big one that we both played it was on the pc mm-hmm. and before we met each other he didn't really like diablo 1 but we played diablo 2 we played the shadow of that game together so do you
0: guys still play that or is that diablo 3 we
1: played diablo 3 okay. they are re-releasing diablo 2 but there was so much fixed with diablo 3 that you didn't ha- that was that was annoying to deal with in diablo 2 like you couldn't respect your character you had to just re-roll yeah. so i don't know if i want to go back i, I might just for for fun but
0: so my next pick Actually, uh, piggyback off of the video game topic, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a video gamer by any means, and necessary, but there are a few p- video games out there I play it a lot of, and this song comes from it, Fist Fury by Love Fist, Grand Theft Auto, Vice City.
1: The Grand Theft Auto radio stations were so awesome.
0: They were fucking cool. Uh, well, much that, love for Laszlo. Much love for Laszlo. Like honestly, like listening to the radio in the car, you know, in Vice City is, like, that first thing that got me wanting to be in radio broadcasting, so, like, I don't know if Laszlo will ever hear this, but, like, thank you for, you know, interesting me in radio and eventually leading to this podcast kind of a thing, but I was gonna say, if he still worked for Rockstar Games, I'd be like, get me in GTA 6, man, but I don't even think he works for Rockstar anymore.
1: I don't think he does, so... No, but I'm sure it would warm it would warm his heart to know that his performance in a video game is what made you get be like I want to get into radio
0: yeah I mean if anybody listening works at Rockstar or knows anybody that works at Rockstar or you guys like live down the street from Rockstar like just just leave my information there like write down my information on a piece of paper and just throw it at the door of Rockstar and I mean they'll probably just pick it up and throw it in the trash but like hey at least we tried right?
1: What if they paper airplane that shit and just yeah, just somewhere just sails into the window and it lands across somebody's desk and they're like this guy sounds awesome why are we not hiring this guy?
0: So yeah I remember playing it a lot because I want to say it came out I want to say either like 8th grade ninth grade for me I was freshman maybe in high school and I just remember playing it all the time and like I would go through every nook and cranny and every every anywhere you can go in that game i would go and you know i didn't have a lot of friends i wasn't going to you know high school parties or dances or shit like that so i was i was hanging out with tommy versetti damn it
1: <laughs> doing crimes with tommy versetti yeah
0: or ray Liotta, who voiced them whatever you want to call him
1: doing kind of a scarface thing well that ending the ending is very scarface so
0: yeah there's a lot of yeah. stuff that they borrowed
1: well, the previous game had a station called Flash FM or something and that was all the soundtrack from Scarface. And I was like, Is is this is this is this a Scarface soundtrack? Or Snowless oh, <laughs> Mare Oh shit, I think it is. And you look check the thing and you're like, Yep, every yeah. every song from that movie.
0: Wow. I, I recently within the last year, i got my PlayStation and got Grand Theft Auto Vice City out and I played it last year and like it was it was just like it's like riding a bike, man. Like you just go back and you're like, ah, the feels, you know. And because I had my memory cards, so like everything was unlocked. <laughs> but what I realized is that I was like, holy shit! Like I didn't like complete all the missions. Like I, I, I beat the main mission, obviously, but I, there was like I didn't buy the taxi company. I didn't buy.
1: Well, there's like hundreds of side missions in that game.
0: Yeah, there's another place I didn't buy the printing company either. I didn't buy that, but uh, yeah, I was like. Man, I should probably play this stuff. And um, yeah, they kind of had a little uh, trip down memory lane with that last year when I was playing it.
1: This is a good game. I, I do remember it fondly. Graphically, I'm not sure I can go back. I'd have to. I'd have to see how that looks. Because a lot of time when you play the old games on like the newer TVs, it is real hard on the it's eyes. Gross.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was trying to put it nicely, but yeah, it's it's difficult. I mean, like, yeah. Oh, this is so blocky. Oh my god.
0: I mean, at the time, they are like, this is, this is the greatest, like, you can never top this kind of graphics, you know? And then it's like TVs get way better and graphics get way better and systems get way better and you go back and you're just like, none of this is better.
1: Yeah, no, I wouldn't... Uh, sometimes you, you run across a game where they're all like, this is the top-notch graphics and you look at it and you're like, no, this is, this is, this is from like 10 years ago. What are you guys doing? Or when um, the second uh, Tomb Raider game like we added more polygons. You're like, oh, good. Every, they're they're the guy, the bad guys. Like their arms aren't just blocks with like a bump map on it. That's like not even doing its job. And no, all <laughs> those polygons went into her boobs. And you're like, who cares? <laughs> Why would you put all of them? In the- I mean, she, she, yeah, she's the main character, but guys, square arms. Why square arms?
0: You'll just never understand.
1: I won't. I won't. I know. I'm not. I'm not their uh, their target audience. My pick for number six is Lost by Vast, which is one of my one of my favorite bands. I've never gotten a chance to see them slash him. It's basically one guy. It's off of so it's it's my favorite one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite bands, and uh, it actually is on a couple albums because there is the uh, official release and then there was a release that he did before that back when everything was online and uh, it was on a failed um, it was on Carson Daly's His Record Company they released it it was a ver- their version that's called Nude and it's all the uh, kind of the stripped down versions of the songs mm-hmm. I kind of like that version a little bit better it has more lines that I like they take out some of the lines in the uh, the official release of the double album Turquoise and Crimson. And uh, if we were if we were doing a Desert Island Discs like albums that would definitely be on there cuz that's just a really good album. Also it's 2 for 1.
0: Did you did you recommend Vast to me on our song recommendations? I
1: did. I recommended Touched and
0: is that the one with the weird singing in it that I? Didn't yeah, really it see? has
1: a lot of samples that you don't like in it. It does like an overlapping kind of thing, but
0: it was almost like a not a yodeling, but like a chanting or something. There was something. It about does have the, a it
1: does have a bit of a chanting thing going yeah. on over it. Uh, that used to be big, you know, Gregorian chants over over like regular songs. Enigma made a whole whole career out of it. That was you didn't you didn't like Touch, which Touch is usually people's like gateway into that band. And that's usually the song that, even if you don't like the rest of their stuff, that's the song that you like. So, I think I might have put another one on there. I don't remember what it was. It might have been Beautiful or something, but...
0: I think. And then that one I didn't like either, and you kind of just had to, like, abandon.
1: And I'm like, I just threw my hands up, and I'm like, I'm just gonna stop trying with that band, because either you... (laughs) If you don't like either of those two, I don't know what I can put on there to make you like it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember why you didn't like it. You just—I think you just didn't like the chance, but then beautiful doesn't have any chance in it. I don't it has The Second sorry. song but I
0: don't remember, but the first one was yeah, it was the weird chanting thing, which is weird. Like there's a song I like that has like tube and throat singing in it. So like,
1: so why why you couldn't be down? Maybe you just weren't just weren't open to it. And then you know sometimes you don't like something on the first listen, but then you hear it again or you hear it later and you're like. And then that little bit of nostalgia kicks in and you're like, I remember this. This is okay. I didn't like this at the time when it came out, but this is okay now. I have that with a lot of stuff. A lot of songs. So.
0: We're going to hit the pause button on this conversation. Kay and I talked music for almost two hours. Part two will be posted next week. Thank you for listening. Share, subscribe, like us on Facebook, and come tomorrow, may you be bolder than today.